today on the Daily Gator Daily Thought. We're going to look at smart way to fight gun control, the smart way to fight for gun rights, the Second Amendment, the most essential liberty there is, the most essential human right, that of self-defense. We're going to look at the way Missouri's doing it, fighting back against President Mumble's gun-grabbing minions. And we're going to look at uh, the idiot governor, Roy Cooper of North Carolina, who is who has vetoed a bill that uh, passed with even Democratic support in the state legislature. North Carolina, kick this bum out of office, please. And we're going to talk about a lawsuit at the University of Oklahoma where a young lady who plays volleyball is being uh, excommunicated because she rejected social justice propaganda. Oh, how sad. But that's the left for you, folks. Always pushing to take people's rights away. Always screwing up everything they touch. Because they still can't quit Marxist-Leninism. They just can't give them a communist manifesto and they'll absolutely, absolutely swear by it. The Constitution, eh, they might wipe their butts with that. That's how they really feel. All that and more, right? After this, my friends. Welcome, my friends, to the Daily Gator Daily Thought. Let's kick this pig. Like I said, we've got good gun control, or good way to fight gun control against stupid ways to fight gun control. Uh, we've got a story from the University of Oklahoma that's going to make you mad, and it should. And what the hell? We may even have a surprise guest today. That's right. That's right, folks. Selma Hayek may stop by today to have a personal visit with me. Okay, that's not going to happen, but damn it, leave me my dreams, people. Leave me my dreams. Let's start off in the University of Oklahoma, where a volleyball player has been shut out of the program due to her rejecting social justice. And as we all know, social justice is no justice at all. Benzai's loft who's a student editor for Capus Reform, wrote this. This has been about six days ago. 
had it in my uh, well, my stack of stuff. That's what Rush Limo used to call his his stories. It's my uh, my files of stuff I have on my computer. I bookmark everything I want to talk about, and I try to you know get a, get enough to do a show, and then uh, sometimes end up uh, going too long. But this is an important story. A former University of Oklahoma volleyball player has filed suit after she was refused to after she refused, excuse me, to endorse social justice ideology and was removed from the team. So she's a volleyball player and was playing for the University of Oklahoma. And I'm going to guess they've got a pretty good women's volleyball team because they're a major university. According to a lawsuit filed on May the 25th, Kylie McLaughlin, who's a current undergraduate at the University of Oklahoma, is a Christian, that's strike one, and a political conservative, that strikes two, three, four, five, and six. As the women's volleyball team leadership changed dramatically by emphasizing discussions about white privilege and social justice. Rather than coaching volleyball, all members were required to participate in these discussions and watch a documentary entitled 13th, according to the lawsuit. So in other words, this young lady goes to school to whatever her major was, and she goes to a great great university, University of Oklahoma, prestigious, great, uh, great athletics, great so many things about it. And instead of just having volleyball be about uh, volleyball, which would include things like teamwork and leadership and, and never quitting, never giving up, supporting each other. No, they had to get into the social. They had to get into the indoctrination game, you see. You're not allowed to just serve and spike and, set up the people at the front of the net. You're not, oh, you've got to learn to be a social justice warrior or you can't play volleyball for the Sooners. When prompted to share her thoughts on the video, McLaughlin agreed 100% that slavery is wrong. I'm betting, I'm just going to bet that everyone who's ever been asked about it would say slavery is wrong. I mean, are we still at that point that we, these colleges, these social justice warrior idiots still think there's people out there who want to bring slavery back? That's how demented and deluded their minds are. However, she expressed concern that the video was slanted left and levied unnecessary criticism against President Trump. According to the suit, she also offered comments directly from the movie that black incarceration was higher than other racial groups while representing a smaller overall percentage of the population. So she actually used quotes that were in this movie she watched, and she got in trouble for it. The fact is that about half the violent crime in this country is committed by blacks. So it's a 13 point something percent. Last time I, I looked, but it's, it's different than that. It's not 13 point something percent because it's almost exclusively black males and between the ages of, I think, 16 and 35. 
I don't have that information right in front of me. I believe that's the age 16 to 35 black males commit the vast majority of violent crimes against other blacks and in the black community. And nearly half of the country's violent crime is committed by this small segment of the population. But we can't talk about the reasons why, maybe lack of fathers, destruction of the family, maybe uh, a lot of things, maybe lack of respect for law enforcement, maybe lack of respect for themselves, for these young people. Uh, A lot of things are at play. But we can't have the discussion. We just have to blame America, Republicans, and the police, and Trump, and we'll be okay. We'll fix it. And poverty, of course. And we need to give money and money and money to race pimps so they can spend it on themselves and rich themselves, fly around on private jets, Al Sharpton, and uh, not pay your taxes, Al, and uh, just, just have a grand old time race pimping. But she actually quoted stats that were in this movie and got in trouble for it. Days later, McLaughlin posted two emojis. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Not the emojis. I may be triggered. Oh, the emojis. I can't take it. Oh, no. Oh, God. It's an emoji that offended me and triggered me. This is what the left has reduced itself to. Little sunflowers and snowflakes sheltering themselves against emojis. (sighs) But the two emojis, one was a laughing clown. Much less creepy than a sad clown. And far less creepy than a creepy sad clown. And also a skull and crossbones. On social media, in response to a report that the University of Texas may stop playing its fight song, The Eyes of Texas. Members of the University of Texas's women's volleyball team responded to McLaughlin in the comment section. Now, the deal with the Texas uh, fight song, Eyes of Texas, it's to me it is the best fight song in all of college sports. Rocky Top, Tennessee would be second. Uh, And, of course, University of Florida is somewhere up there. But during the Battle of the Wilderness in May of 1864, the Texas Brigade basically saved the Army of Northern Virginia's bacon. They they arrived back. They were commanded by General Longstreet. He had been detached to the Carolinas. And when Grant Lee started fighting in the wilderness, on the second day, uh, Hood's Brigade, again, part of Longstreet's corps, They made it back, and there was a breach, and General Lee was trying to lead soldiers to fix the breach in the line to save his army personally, and here comes Hood's Texas Brigade, as it was formerly known. It was commanded by John Bell Hood initially. Uh, General Gregg was commanding it at this point, but the soldiers began taking hold of Lee's horse's reins and saying, Lee to the rear, Lee to the rear. We will we will fix it as we always have. Worse to that effect. So he went to the rear. The Texas Brigade st- st- uh, swept forward and repelled the Yankees, pushed them back, saved the army. And their general, General Gregg, said during this time, he said famously, 
forward, boys. The eyes of General Lee's the eyes of General Lee are upon you. And I don't recall the exact rest of the quote. But obviously the Texas Brigade, eyes of eyes of Lee are upon you, turn to the eyes of Texas. So of course people are really hurt and offended because there's a little bit of history there and a little bit of Texas pride. And if it's Texas pride, well, it's bad because Texas is bad. So we can't have that. So anyway, uh, they get very angry. The uh, certain people at the University of Texas. Uh, and uh, McLaughlin posted the two emojis, a laughing clown, a skull and crossbones. And then the some of the members of the University of Texas women's volleyball team responded in the comment section. On June 13th, University of Oklahoma women's volleyball head coach Lindsey Gray Walton advised McLaughlin to stop posting such, such comments on social media. She reportedly told McLaughlin that she ought to uh, more carefully consider her white privilege. Well, coach has never heard of freedom of speech, I guess. Doesn't believe in it. Uh, like most people with hyphenated last names. Seems like a lot of them are real pains in the butt. Uh, but to tell your player that you better check your white privilege, bitch, which is basically what she said without saying that word. On June the 15th, members of the coaching team and all seniors in the volleyball program met via Zoom. And thank God Jeffrey Tuba didn't show up to demonstrate his, his newest product, Tubin's Lubin. I, sorry, I had to. Oh, Jeffrey Tubin, you're now the eternal bud of certain jokes. You are the master of <laughs> masturbatory jokes and lube, apparently. But they had this meeting on June the 15th on Droom to discuss McLaughlin's earlier comments on the documentary. Teammates accused McLaughlin of racism. That don't sound like very good teammates. You're supposed to support your teammate. That's kind of the concept of team. But I guess that's unimportant today, too. Although she attempted to apologize to her classmates, her first mistake, members of the group did not accept the apology because it was not delivered with enough feeling. In other words, she didn't grovel and kiss their asses. And they're entitled. They're leftists. They're woke. You must kiss their ass. They're entitled. They have ass-kissing privilege, don't you know? Apparently, during another Zoom call on June the 26th with the coaching staff, McLaughlin was told that she did not fit the culture of the program, really, because she expressed an opinion that some people didn't like. Some of your teammates disagree with your view on this issue, so therefore you must be kicked off the team. Boy, that's a hell of a, hell of a bad coach. I don't know what her record is or what her resume is as far as coaching women's volleyball, college volleyball. I wouldn't let Miss Hyphenated Last Name Social Justice Warrior, I wouldn't let her feed my dog, frankly. I don't know if I'd let her mow my lawn. Only if she did so wearing a Trump t-shirt. I love Trump t-shirt. Then she could mow my lawn. As long as she found time to make me a sandwich. When I got hungry, I just offended many feminists.
they don't understand sarcastic humor. That's the key. The left has no sense of humor. They used to, but uh, people like Norman Lear and people like that and uh, Mel Brooks are, are gone now. So they're not gone, but they're they're not working anymore. So she was granted three options for her senior season. She could continue practicing only with the coach and not the team while retaining her scholarship and participating in the team's diversity, equity, and inclusion training. In other words, brainwashing. She could be reprogrammed, re-educated, or else. She could just be a student while keeping her scholarship, or she could transfer with only two weeks left before volleyball started for the fall semester. All for expressing opinions. You see any tolerance in the story? See any inclusion? Do you see any effort to have real diversity? That's diversity of thought and opinion? Nope. McLaughlin chose the first option. Throughout the fall season, she was excluded from volleyball team pictures and did not receive any team gear. Who was it? Oh, yeah, it was that wonderful humanitarian. Stalin was a big fan of airbrushing people. Hitler did it too, having people airbrushed and things. I think Hitler had cigarettes from people were holding in pictures airbrushed out because these people no longer exist. So she was treated like absolute trash, basically, for having a different opinion. There was no discussion. There was no, well, well, why do you think the way you do? Maybe we can learn something. Maybe you can learn something from us. None of that. No, your ass is off this team. You can, you can be part of the team, but you only practice with coaching as long as you agree to be ostracized. Or you can be re-educated. You'd be brainwashed. How pathetic. How sick. How absolutely sickening these people are. This is bullying. If I run the University of Oklahoma and this happens, when that coach told that player, you need to check your white privilege, I'd have told the coach in my office, you need to check your bags, go to the airport, and get the hell out of here because you don't coach here anymore. You're a bigot. You're a, you're a you're a horrible human being. Get off my campus. Period. That's what should be done. But instead, she was allowed to bully this young lady. And I hope the University of Oklahoma pays dearly. And I hope whoever's in charge that didn't fire that horrible coach and correct the situation, I hope they're in an unemployment line. Uh, the case argues that McLaughlin's punishment was retaliatory because of her engagement in First Amendment protected speech and they request 30, excuse me, 75,000 in damages. University's equal opportunity statement affirmed that the school does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, sexual orientation, genetic information, gender identity, gender expression, age, religion, disability, political beliefs, or status as a veteran in any of its policies, practices, or procedures. Genetic information? What the hell is that? I don't know. I don't know, folks. And the university has failed to comment, or declined to comment. I shouldn't say they failed. So we'll see what happens. But that, stories like that make me very angry. You're taking a college kid and, and basically grinding him into dust, or trying to. And the bullying that took place of that girl is inexcusable inexcusable 
Now let's go to inexcusable stupidity by North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper. Yeah, oh Roy, he can fix your car. I wouldn't let him be governor, though, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I wouldn't let him be governor. He don't like firearms, I don't think. I think he might be uh, you know, one of them uh, trans vegetable people. I think that's what they call him now. I don't know. I uh, am joking, by the way. And I'm not mocking the southern accent. I'm mocking a stupid southerner for being stupid. That's you, Governor Roy Cooper. A bill, according to Bearing Arms, this comes from a bill that would have allowed individuals with concealed carry licenses to carry inside churches that have schools on the same property was vetoed by North Carolina's Roy Cooper a couple days ago, despite the fact that the legislation was approved in a bipartisan vote that garnered the approval of several Democratic legislators. So basically, the governor just didn't like it. He got his panties in a bunch over it, and he just couldn't do it. In the veto message, Cooper chided lawmakers for sending the bill to his desk, claiming that for the safety of students and teachers, North Carolina should keep guns off school grounds. Really? You know, that's a great, great idea, but you think those words or not having this law is going to stop a psychopath from bringing a gun in that church? or old school grounds, or any damn where else, Governor Cooper. It's the same idiotic arguments. We're going to not make laws that give people more ability to, to defend themselves and others and more freedom and more liberty because bad people do bad things, despite a hundred laws or a thousand laws. Uh, Paul Valoni with the gun rights group Grassroots North Carolina said, there's no rational reason for the veto, especially since concealed weapon holders have been able to carry in many churches for 25 years due to state law. He urged lawmakers to override it. I didn't think after the violent attacks in churches across the nation that it will be controversy, controversial to allow citizens to protect themselves in church on Sundays, but the governor's blind opposition to the Second Amendment seems to outweigh common sense legislation. And as for the bill's chief sponsor, GOP Senator Danny Britt of Robeson County. Good old Robeson County. It's one of the best counties out there. Uh, many church leaders across the state were supportive of the legislation, pointing out that houses of worship that don't have schools on the same property already are open for people uh, with concealed carry. Why, they wondered, should congregants be unable to protect themselves on a Sunday when school is not in session on Sundays? Again, that's common sense. And Judge Roy Cooper apparently doesn't believe in common sense. But this is, this is the mindset. If we just make another law, if we don't allow a good person to have a gun, no bad person will show up with a gun. Despite all the mass shootings, the vast majority happening in gun-free zones. Uh, of course, Democratic opponents of the measure said these churches should hire private security instead of encouraging shootouts. They've got to put the shootout in there. Wild West shootouts, blood in the streets, blood in the pews. Oh, my God, we're all going to die. Why don't those Democrats, if they really believe that, why don't they pay these churches to have armed security? Instead, they wanted to discriminate against these churchgoers' rights to self-defense. 
when other churchgoers have it in the same state because there's a school on the grounds here, but there's no students on Sunday. There's no classes on Sunday. And there's no clue among Democratic gun grabbers. If the shootout became law, people are unlikely to understand the distinction that guns be left at home when school activities are happening, according to North Carolinians Against Gun Violence Action Fund, the NCAGVAF. Uh, yeah. We thank Governor Cooper for vetoing this dangerous bill that circumvents state policy outlawing concealed carry of firearms on school grounds and will put school children at more risk of gun violence. There's no kids in class on Sundays, you idiot. So how would it put any child at school in more danger? There's no kids on Sunday. God, these people are stupid. Talk about knuckle-dragging Neanderthalic idiots. They define it. Action Fund Executive Director Becky Sirtis, that's what she said. She thinks that having people be allowed to carry, legally carry firearms in a church which has a school on the grounds on Sunday when there is no school will somehow endanger school kids. Do the, does the term dumber than a tree stump mean anything to you, Miss Becky Sirtis? Because you are dumber than a tree stump. And of course, the person who wrote this, Cam Edwards, who I have the deepest respect for, uh, he he had some good thoughts on this, as he usually does. He writes, this is dumb. This is a dumb argument on multiple levels. First, it's not financially feasible for many small churches to hire armed guards during worship services, which is why pastors wanted the ability to set up their own church security teams that included armed and trained parishioners. Secondly, if you truly believe that the presence of armed citizens encourages shootouts, why wouldn't that apply to the presence of armed guards too? Cam Edwards, using common sense that the left will never get, of course. That's very sad, folks. Very sad. And we're also going to look at Missouri here, because Missouri has done something really, really, really good uh, in response to President Mumble's administration's gun-grabbing campaign. Let's go the great state of Missouri, my friends. Bearing arms again with this piece. And uh, Cam Edwards writing it. He actually did a video about this. It's been put up on DailyGator.com already. So you can watch it there or at Bearing Arms. Or both. Share it with your friends. It's good stuff. Now, recently, the state of Missouri passed what they call the Second Amendment Preservation Act. And basically, it's to, to say that Missouri is not going to recognize any federal gun control laws that the state of Missouri did not pass. So they're not going to go with anything the Biden administration tries to shove through uh, to take anybody's firearms, restrict the, the right to keep and bear arms in any way. So they took a, a very strong stand for the Second Amendment. And uh, Governor Mike Parson is a governor of Missouri, and Attorney General Eric Schmidt 
uh, obviously the Attorney General of the great state of Missouri, both took on President Mumble's desires. As Cam Edwards writes, they laid waste to the DOG's objection in a seven-page letter that explains the constitutionality of the new law and declares the state ready to fight tooth and nail for the Second Amendment right of its residents. Again, it's much greater detail on the video. Watch it at thedailygator.com. Watch it on Bearing Arms. Uh, Cam Edwards does an excellent job explaining it. But I wanted to to reference it here to, to get that many more ears and eyes looking and listening to this. And uh, if you want to know, it's called Cam and Company. That's the the podcast that Cam does. And uh, very, very informative stuff and entertaining stuff, too. Good stuff. Missouri, this is the response again from the Attorney General and Governor of the state of Missouri. Missouri is not attempting to nullify federal law. Missouri is defending its people from federal government overreach by prohibiting states and local law enforcement agencies from being used by the federal government to infringe Missourians' right to keep and bear arms. Their letter argued Missouri has every right under our system of government and the Tenth Amendment to place limitations on what state and local officials may do. It said the DOJ did not identify any conflict, uh, conflicts, excuse me, uh, SAPA created with restrictions on state activities and hiring practice when it, come, when it comes to federal law. Schmidt and Parson also accused the DOJ of conflicting its own policies when it comes to so-called sanctuary cities, places that limit the cooperation with the federal government over immigration issues. See, those things are fine with the left. Those types of sanctuary cities are okay. President Biden and the Department of Justice have decided to reward states and cities that refuse to cooperate with enforcing constitutional immigration laws that protect our citizens against foreign threats. But now they attack Missouri for refusing to cooperate with enforcing unconstitutional gun confiscation laws that put our citizens in danger and degrade their rights. You cannot have it both ways, the letter said. And they concluded their response to the Department of Justice by saying they're willing to fight tooth and nail to defend the Second Amendment rights of Missourians and the Second Amendment Preservation Act. And that show is up today if you want to want to check it out at Bearing Arms. A wonderful response from the governor and attorney general of Missouri. Uh, basically, the left wants your guns. They don't want you to have the right to keep and bear arms or to self-defense, in effect. And fortunately, we've got some, some people who are willing to fight. Uh, right here in Missouri is an example, tooth and nail, in their own words, to preserve those rights. And very interesting, very interesting when we get to situations like this where you get governors who are willing to stand up and say, hell no. Like Governor Greg Abbott in Texas. Okay, we'll build the wall in Texas. Texas will do it. Uh, states that, that well, counties and municipalities in, in Virginia, 
when uh, Governor Northam had a Democratic majority to work with and there was a lot of fear he was going to push gun control laws and convoluted, confusing ammunition bans and waiting periods and this and that, all these communities, counties, and some cities, almost everyone in Virginia said, no, 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 it's not, we're not going to recognize that law. Same principle. And by the way, I believe it was 22,000 people went to Richmond one morning and protested against the gun control laws the Democrats were trying to push through, most of which they didn't get because politicians do listen when enough people tell them, no, don't do that. Peaceful, picked up their trash, no shots were fired, no one was killed or threatened, not one law was broken. And again, they picked up their trash when they were done protesting. Over 20,000 armed Virginians. The, maybe the greatest refutation I can I can give you on why the left lies when they talk about how dangerous those gun-toting Republicans are. And again, go to Bearing Arms, listen, listen at the Daily Gator, but listen, pass it around, share it. We need to get this stuff going. Keep pushing, people, keep pushing. As General Jackson would have said, Stonewall Jackson, Push on, man. Press on. Now, that's it for me today, folks. I wanted to get all this in. And again, I actually had another story, but I got off on a tangent about the war between the states, and uh, it just went too long. And uh, I'll try to try to get over that, that problem I have. It's such a passion of mine that you want to talk about the history and and you know, get the facts out there. But anyway, that's why it's a little shorter today. Thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it. Morning, noon, night, whenever you listen, I appreciate it. If you wish to support the Daily Gator Daily Thought Podcast on a monthly subscriber level, you can do it right here on Anchor. Just sign up and uh, to do it, go to the Daily Gator Daily Thought Podcast page and uh, you will find what you need to do there and you can contribute what you wish to monthly. If you want to do a one-time donation or do intermittent donations, you don't want to subscribe. That's fine. I would appreciate either one. Just go to the delegator, delegator.com, excuse me, the delegator blog. And the first post, there's a little PayPal button there. I believe it says buy now or something. And you can contribute there. And I thank you if you do that, if you can't give, that's fine too. But anyway, thank you for your patronage. I appreciate it. I appreciate all input, criticism, praise, especially the praise part. And again, thank you for your patronage. I do appreciate it, my friends. Remember the three golden rules of life. If you're left, you just ain't right. God bless America. And yes, always go Gators. Also go Tampa Bay Lightning. Big game five against the Islanders tonight. Trying to repeat as Stanley Cup champions. Y'all have a good one. Thank you very, very much for listening. Take care.